and welcome back to another episode of the Dude from Los Angeles podcast. Almost a year later. Uh, Man. And yes. A year. Time flew. Time flew. And uh, I have you back in the mobile studio. <laughs> yeah. You yep. know, the Dude from LA podcast. Uh, you know, in this the, just in the takes gut you of LA. It's, it's crazy. This is what yeah. I like about the podcast. Cars will drive <laughs> by, won't move, and it'll be organic. But, dude, you're back here. I'm La back, Luna man. Mezcal. Yes, sir. Uh, ready to bring out some new some New, new, skews, new, stuff. new yeah. products, new expressions. Yeah, you guys are expanding the, the set. Yeah, right? man. I mean, all revolving around the same kind of message and theme. It's all Michoacan Agave. It's all Michoacan yeah. Distilled. It's all, you know, that state, you know, one way or the other. With, from the time that I met you and we did the first podcast to now, yeah. We became the number one exporter of mezcal from the state. Um, no way. Producers, really, because we're producing this stuff ourselves. Yeah. And um, and then also we we started our own rum production as we moved away from our previous producer. Um, oh. I can get into the details of that in terms of like how that all worked out. But we have our own uh, distillery for our rum now for Gustoso in Michoacan. Okay. And so through and through, it was all Michoacan exportation, really. So like yeah. we. You know, clearly, because we have Tequila Grandovejo in our portfolio, mm-hmm. that's yeah. the one brand that I would say we don't produce ourselves. We have a great relationship with, with, with Sergio, who's our master distiller, and the family, the Vivanco family, et cetera, et cetera, but that's the one we just don't take credit for in that way. Okay. Uh, with everything we're doing La Luna now, from going out into the fields, picking our agave, to it being our own agave, to the relationships in different towns, people that are making our stills, the, the wooden stills, the, the Tarasque and Filipino stills, all those things. Like, we're, you know, we're really, like, getting it done. Damn. So it's been cool. Yeah. Well, you know, for for those that want a good intro and stuff to to get to know who you are and yeah. get to know your story, that we listen, I, I say listen to the first episode. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go deep, man, about your family's yeah. history and, and yep. what you planning to do, what, what you were planning to do, what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and tying it deeper, you know, with my family. Remember, I, I'd mentioned that we're from Cotija, Michoacan. Yeah. The land Which was of the a whole funky cheese. Yeah, exactly the mm-hmm. best cheese, and and the thing, the whole thing was was going back to that state to do to get bring a mezcal from that area. That right. when I first went, super green, not really knowing the industry, just kind of understanding what my 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 initial goal was. Um, I didn't realize how deep I would get into it. Right, like I I I went there, I fell in love with the country, like deeply like we all visit mexico and when we do you know a lot of times we go weeks at a time it you know yes we go visit our families but it's in and out you don't really go with the intention of staying or right. making an impact or doing anything like that you, right. you just go to go visit yeah. you come back or you go on vacay and you're in a resort or somewhere that's touristy and yeah. then you come back and i just kept on falling in love with 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 life there right and so i we i got more and more deep became a mexican citizen mm-hmm. Um, and now we're at the point where we're actually building um, the distillery at uh, a new vinata on the property my dad was born born oh, on. Oh no yeah. way! So part of our expansion. So we have right now under our belt four different facilities in different parts of Michoacan uh-huh. that like we that's that are vinatas. Yeah. So no yeah. Way. So that's all like changed. That's been yeah. I guess it's been a short amount of time, but it's been a long time. That's I feel insane. like insane. What what, yeah. what kind of a mind you know meld is that for your dad to be like? Oh, oh my dad's blown away, and yeah. and like and just you know for him, like it's kind of tear inducing like to think yeah. of that. Like I I I gave my grandma a little snippet the other day because I was like, hey, we got to go back to Cotija, and, and my grandpa because he's so so much older now. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I can't go. I'll die over there. And, I, and at first, I, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what, what, how, why are you going to die over there? He's like, oh, well, I just don't like traveling anymore because it really takes a toll on me, right? That, and he's telling me this true. in Spanish. I'm like, okay, I get it. And then I told my grandma, I said, we got to convince him, though. I said, because, uh-huh. look, you can't tell, don't tell anybody, don't tell my uncles, don't tell anybody, but we're, we're, we're building a Vinata there. And she was like, on the property where all my kids were born? And I said, yeah. And she was like, we have to go. And I'm like, yeah, we have to go. So, um, you know, that's just, it's one of those things. My uncle owns a property. Uh-huh. And, and like so it, it used to be so that i see in that it's huge and it's beautiful ryan's been there with me in cotija uh-huh. um my my great grandfather on the chavez side because we're chavez figueroa on the chavez side that was his i see that he gave it to his two sons and so my grandpa and my grandma had their kids there and then my grandpa's brother and his wife had their kids there as well so there was roughly speaking at one point i think i don't know let's call it 15, kids. 20 kids, no, sorry, like, yeah, yeah like, yeah, like 20 yeah, that kids that, that, that right. are there. My dad telling me the story because it's up in the hills in the Sierra, yeah. and especially back then. I mean, we're talking in the 60s to 70s, not a lot to do. They would fight each other to keep themselves entertained. You know, they obviously were working on the fields, all this good stuff. And so that was Hacienda. And at one point, 
um, something happened. I think the family was tr- like had to get rid of it financially, needed money. I don't know exactly how it went down, but one of my uncles, um, my dad's primo hermano, not like my dad's brother, mm-hmm. purchased the property, and so it was all his. And he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Like okay. I wanted, I when I you know I approached him, I said, "Look, you know, it's your property." Uh-huh. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm in." So really? yeah, and so it was cool. So uh, it just it's great adds, when it goes that easy, yeah. though, right? You it always just, hear uh, about people fighting yeah. over money and yeah. stuff like that. No, it's my just, uncle's a gem, man. He's yeah. he's like he looked at because he also saw the amount of work that we had been doing, right. and so like he was like, "No, like I, I know that the effort. There's no lack of effort here. Like yeah. it was like there's there's a lot of work being done for La Luna and the the company. He went to go visit and he saw he met." Some of the people that I work with, some of my the business partners in Mexico, uh-huh. and he was like, "Yeah, like let's do this," oh, you know. Damn. So it was cool. That's no, easy it was really to get cool. behind. For yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just easier, right? When somebody could hold something in their hand, for and be sure. Like, this came from here. Yeah, that's uh, no, that's what's intense. crazy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be, like those labels will have my family name, like uh-huh. you know, like it'll be Chavez on there. Like it'll be cool, and it'll be really cool, and um, you know, it'll be the first, if I'm mistaken, certified Vinata from Cotija, probably. As far as certified for CRM purposes, uh-huh. like, n- not that many Michoacan still to date. That's, that's one of the things. When I went to Oaxaca to talk to Hippocrates, the president of the CRM, it was one of his challenges. Like, look, like, we're working really hard to get people to, like, to the point where they, you know, at first there's been a lot of, like, ne- uh, negative vibes around this whole certifying process because, as we all know, mezcal is mezcal. That's mezcal, right? Like, it's not, a certification doesn't make it mezcal, right? The mezcal is made from agave. It can be made any part of Mexico, no certification needed. And so that part's true, 100%. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a lot of other beautiful ways of describing those distillates, like in different regions, like Raicilla, just being from Jalisco, right? Exactly. And, um, and, there's different, uh, and there's other ones around the Republic that have people, regional names, mm-hmm. but they're all mezcal. And so the, the big knock on the CRM is like, look, you shouldn't charge people to be able to make a product. And, and so they, they've gone as far as like, at first they did charge, and then they subsidize that fee, and then they've gone as far as saying, okay, fine, it's free, but just let's get it done. Like, they want more clients, of course. I mean, it is, nevertheless, like, CRM, one way or the other, is a function of business, right? Like, they get paid per hologram, per liter produced, stuff like that. Um, but then we also see how big this market is now. Like, mezcal is not a, it's not, it's no longer a fantasy. Like, there's mezcal, great mezcal on the market, both coming in certified and uncertified, right? Like, and there's great expressions coming up. And the big winner, in my opinion, is Mexico and the producers of Mexico. Like, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to come up with products and, and finally have a market for it with people actually listening to you. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know, like 20 years ago, people weren't really, hey, where's, like, have you tried Mezcal? What is Mezcal? Right you now. Know, now. Try now this good insane. one. And now it's all happened. Like, right. it's it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Negronis have Mezcal. Exactly. There's, there's, <laughs> Everything yeah. has a Mezcal. Everything. Everything. Has mezcal. Yeah, I mean, even. I forget where, like, someone uses La Luna in an old-fashioned, unfortunately, oh, yeah. because they don't know any better. They call it a Oaxacan old-fashioned. I'm like, well, no, you know, it's really not from Oaxaca, but I get it, you know? It's yeah, a, definitely. I get it. I, I, but I heard that, like, in Oaxaca, though, it's 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 a lot easier to get a lot of government support to produce mezcal to export, to export and stuff like that. Do you get that same support? In we, we, we are becoming to get – we are starting to get that support because okay. they have seen the same thing. They have seen the value of the work. Like, yeah. I, I think um, – so I became um, a member of the Union Mezcalero Michoacana. Yeah. Um, so that happened as a Mexican, like oh, not sure. as American Sal, like a Mexican Salvador Picasso Chavez. Um, and does that come with like monthly meetings or something? It comes with more responsibilities, okay. but then they looked at it and they're like, this is dumb. So what we're doing right now is we're going to make our official, our office in Sonoma will be an official CRM and Michoacan Mezcalero uh, office. Yeah. Through the collaboration, and they want to make me the, I think, president president of, like, Relaciones Exteriores, like, oh, for the shit. whole thing, because, like, they, like I'm, I'm going everywhere yeah. speaking on behalf of Mezcal, uh, speaking on behalf of the state, um, and the the whole thing needs ad- advocacy, right? Like, just, yeah. like, in terms of, like, That's what it is, true. right? They just need, it just needs more advocacy, more mm-hmm. people speaking on it in, in, in a positive connotation, mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, like I said, we had we had just through our work become the number one exporter of, of distillates from Michoacan. So That's they saw insane. the work and they're like, you know, this this makes a lot of sense. Uh-huh. So and we're growing more and more. Like we're, I think officially today we're in twelve states. By the end of the month, I think we'll be in thirteen. Um, and so and then more obviously being worked on. So we're just constantly going. And now on the Mexican side, we're launching Mexican sales hopefully by September. So like Mexican national sales, which I think that that's more of, a, of course it's it's a revenue thing and it's all those good things. But it's more of a pride thing. Like at this point, oh, yeah. like we want to make sure the brand is recognized in 
Mexico. Yeah, it's often. Um, I mean, you go down there and you see. You don't see a lot of brands that you, that yeah. you see up here. Like what, I found out some really curious things going to Oaxaca. So the number, hmm. the the concentration of companies exporting mezcal are all registered in Mexico City, meaning that they're not really producers. Because in the CRM, you can be registered as three things: uh, productor, uh, embajador, uh-huh. comercializador. So the last one being comercializador, that just means that you just commercialize it. You just sell it. Yeah. And so most of those companies that are exporting to the U.S. are just Mexico City-based. They're just companies. They're not, they're not producers. They're not really? anything more than just, you know, that. Marketers. That yeah, so that's one fact. The other fact, you know, speaking to you about what you were saying about the government support, um, I, think it's, I think to date, with all the expansion in Durango, Zacatecas, San Luis Potosí, Michoacán, Guerrero, yeah. Oaxaca still makes up, I think, 90... 98% yeah, or something Yeah, 98%, crazy. something crazy high. Yeah. Like, and so to be a part of that 2% and f- to feel... Clearly, we're nothing in the grand scheme of things, but, like, yeah. because that's 2% made up with, like, seven other regions or whatever it is now, yeah. um, you know, Oaxaca's still dominant piece. So they're, they're giving it support because that's the right thing to do. Like, they should be supporting producers. And that's the one thing I know about Mexico, too, is, like, depending on your company structure, farmers can if they have access and they have the knowledge to do it they can get a lot of support for materia prima which in this case is maguey uh-huh. which is great right like that's right. that's what they need and because i think at the same time that's the right thing to do from a sustainable standpoint like they need to be supporting them to plant more and you know more nurseries more you know all mm-hmm. those things they, they need those things because yeah. i think I, i've already heard rumblings of like I, I didn't hear the rumblings. I was in Oaxaca, and I heard one of the producers say, like, I no longer can produce my Espadina expression at the same price because Espadina has gone up from, I forgot what, three pesos a kilo to, like, now eight or something substantial. Uh-huh. It was definitely it was substantial to the point where he's like, we can't hold our price. And I forget which producer was working with him specifically, but he said they will no longer buy my Espadina because they want it at 220 a liter, wow. and I can only give it to him at 240. So, like, it's a real thing. So now he's sitting on Espadina. Right, and so with a little bit of subsidy, with a little bit more support, you know, stuff like that, they could keep producing, right? So I think yeah. it's 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 prudent and necessary for Oaxaca to really be on their A game about that Definitely. supporting. And which Michoacan will happen too eventually. I mean, through our work, the nice thing about our company is obviously having the footprint up here, and the consistent drive of revenue. The revenue obviously ends up making its way back down to Mexico because mm-hmm. we have to buy everything, right? We're buying Definitely. the agave, or buying all that, all that stuff. So um, it's it's kind of a revolving little door there in, in, in a good way. So from the last time you you had you had the black label and the mm-hmm. white label, right? Those were the those were the two that were making its, that was its it. way out. That was out it. Here. Yeah. You know the ensemble was new. Dude, I couldn't even find it after yeah. a certain point. Yeah. I found it at a bar. I was like, I know oh, you said that I picture. Was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, give me that one. Yeah. Um, and then. You know, how did you end up creating or thinking about like the well? I'm gonna do. So our limitations around production or around expressions were simply because our our our, our current one of my business partners in Mexico, Isidro, who is a mezcalero for the black and white label, yeah. that was the extent of his distillation. He never really aspired to do anything else. Yeah. So when I went to him and kind of our team in Mexico, I'm like, hey, I want to do X Y Z. They were kind of like, well, don't count us in. Like, we, we, don't have, we, don't want, we don't care to do it, and, like, we don't, we've never done it, right? And, like, the biggest fear for them is, like, the unknown, like, the new thing. Like, they're like, oh, no, no like, you know, kukui, right? Like, they're yeah, like, oh, we don't, we don't do that, right? So then it was our job, and I have one of my, one of my best friends now, and he is one of my, uh, our employees technically, but he's becoming one of the partners in Mexico. His name's Adrian. He's a gem of a person. He's a year younger than I am. I met him um, as my Uber driver. Really? Yeah. So I went down there, went down with a group. Who says and, Uber can't get you? Yeah, a job? right. No, it's it, it, the story's crazy. The, the story's crazy. And this guy, I, I'm bringing him up here soon, hopefully, because uh, we're trying to get him a visa. Because there's no one that speaks to our brand with more passion outside of me than him. Because he he lives it every day for us. Really? He is the one out there shaking hands, cutting deals, exchanging cash for for maguey, yeah. traveling to obscure parts of Michoacan to find more maguey. Um, he's the one that's source, sourcing most of our our um, things needed for production, like our stills, and you know he knows everybody now. Everybody knows his guy on behalf of La Luna. And um, so one day I went down to Mexico with a bigger group. We were actually with the group that I was taking to fourteen fourteen. Yeah. Um, we were there for that visit specifically, and we went to go visit a, a cerveceria called um, uh, Zapat, Zapata. Uh, yeah, I think it was Zapata, like Emiliano Zapata. Okay, and it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was called Zapata or not, but that yeah, was the label. 
Bananas um, or something? It was no. This was down in in like an industrial area, kind of like this. Oh, okay. Basically, these dudes were and they were hilarious. They were just high out of their head, like That's just hilarious. so high, just, and they were making, making beer, beer, of course. And but it was it, really interesting. They had these these bigger pots and they were blah, blah, making beer, and but it wasn't that good. Uh-huh. And then there was this other dude over here just kind of listening to our conversation. And I could tell he was interested. I'm like, so what do you do? He's like, oh, well, I also make beer here, but it's like my own brand. It was called uh, Santa Sabina. Hmm. Okay. Um, really artisanal. It was a beautiful presentation. He did in paper bags. You know, like, it was beautiful. Um, and I said, oh, cool. And I said, can we try it? And he I was like, oh, this is good. He said, yeah, I have more. If we, he, had a, he, was a, he also made beer at this little, uh, like, uh, vegan, organic, uh, like, restaurant in Guadalajara. Yeah. I became friends with him. And so afterwards, we had gone there in two Ubers. And so then afterwards, um, I'm like, well, we're a big group. Let's get Uber XL. So I got Uber XL, and this expedition rolls up, and it's Adrian. And I get in the front seat, and we start chopping it up. Like, hey, what's there to do around here? But he's like, oh, well, you know, there's this, there's that, whatever. He goes, hey, you know, I'll take you guys. Like, if you guys, we were going to go to Cuatrocinos Conejos that night with uh, Esteban from Derrumbes. And so he's like, I'll take you guys there. And then afterwards, there's a couple bars. I said, like, cool. So then we hit it off, and he's like, hey, dude, like, you know, take my number. Next time you come to town, hit me up. I'll pick you up. I said, cool. And so he started picking me up every time I would go. And at this point, I was going a lot because we were doing. I was doing so many yeah, transactions. Man. Yeah, there was a moment in time yeah. and I was like, "What the fuck? He's in Wilmington." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so yeah. I, uh, I would go, and then he was. He'd pick me up, and then he said, "You know what? Don't pay me. I don't want you to pay me. Just pay the gas." I said, "Cool." cool. So we'd kick it. Like we would That's hang awesome. out. And at one point, I looked at him. I was like, "Dude, like you see me here a lot. Like it's because I need to be here. Like, but I also." don't need to be here as much if I have someone to work for us. Like, how do you feel about working for us? He lived in Guadalajara. Oh, okay. And then he was like, yeah. He goes, by the time he had a, a relationship that he ended up cutting off, and he was like, I'll travel to Morelia during the week, and I'll come back home on Sundays. I said, that's fine. And then at some point, he broke up. They broke up, and then he was like, I, I, I was like, well, why don't you just move to Morelia? And he's like, all right, I will. And so now he's in Michoacan, like, through and through. <laughs> yeah. And he's our dude. Like, uh, yeah, me and Ryan, when we go down, like, he's our dude. He just actually went to go... <laughs> He flew down. No, he drove down from here to TJ. He flew up to bring us the tequilana expression you're oh, going to taste because okay. we needed it. It, was, it got featured in, at Tales of the Cocktail at, in mm. this uh, agave seminar. Okay. So I needed it, and so he went out to TJ, crossed the border. Adrian flew up with the bottles, gave it to him, and then he drove back up. That's so silly, and, man. Yeah, they were tacos yeah. and everything in Tijuana. But the guy, you know, he's just he's an amazing dude. So Yeah, and that's such an interesting flight. Like, if you look, it's only like 100 bucks, right? Round oh, trip from Guadalajara to TJ. It's like, wait. It was nothing. It was no, nothing. No, it was funny because his, his, his uh, friend is a Aromosa for Arobus, and so she and uh, got us into like the family thing. So his ticket was like thirty bucks. Oh my god! Yeah, man. I'm See, actually flying yeah. from LA next week to there on Viva Arobus for thirty bucks. What? From here to Guadalajara. Damn, I'm gonna edit that out, but yeah. hook me up, man. <laughs> I'm trying to see my family, yeah. I'm freaking out and out. I know, man. It's, it's, yeah. well, we can't. We're not supposed to mention numbers. No, no, no. no. Oh, oh, I'm, just I'm just kidding. Yeah, I've, I've, I think I've given out my social security number a few times on here. I'm yeah. a, I remember I kind of gave hints to what you did employment was last time, and you were like, hey, hey, oh, yeah, yeah. it's dude. a secret. So I'm like, oh, my a bad. A few more hints have come out. That's I'm I trying bet. to fight. Yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't even say it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I was, on the last one, I was like, hey, what beer are we drinking? It's like, this is a good one, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm going to crack what it, I think, because I'm in the oh, sun. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 it's all good. It's all good. I, I need the sun. Trust me, man. I was I was out in the beach and it was just too much. Uh, so this not enough color, you know. This is made here, but it's made in the Mexican lager style. Yeah, it's from San Diego, so it's made with uh, the band Sublime. Oh, and cool! It's a Mexican lager because that's what everybody from, from Sublime likes to drink. <laughs> yeah, apparently, it's made with right? the band. Yeah, nice. Uh, and it tastes awesome, man. Yeah, like it's can't crack it. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Go for it. Yeah. It's like a probably way. Salud, salud, you know. Salud. Salud. For the um, for the weather, for the morning, yeah. you know. God damn, it is a good breakfast beer, you know. It's a good shower beer too. If you're, you, know, you can just start making things up for a beer. Shower beer. <laughs> yeah. Um. yeah, yeah. So you had him just fly up here just to deliver. Yeah, yeah. He, but he's down for anything. I was talking That's before, hilarious. and he like we're because he's like he. He holds all our bitacuras. Like he does all the like the admin work in that sense of like, so like for the CRM, uh, you have to have a, a full bitacura, essentially just like a, a ledger, right? And so he's keeping it from like this is where we grab the agave. You have to take pictures of like where you grab it because yeah. they have to have a guia. 
Um, and then, you know, this many tons went into the oven. Before it cooked, it was this much sugar bricks. After it cooked, it was this much sugar bricks. Um, the average weight of the beans all together. Um, and then ultimately days of fermentation um, and then distillation and yields, right? Like all those details, he keeps track of them. So like as far as I'm concerned, our brand has never been ready to be so transparent because we never had all that info, but now yeah. we do. Like yeah, now if you ask me like for our batches, I'm like, yeah, this batch was 200 liters, uh, this, uh-huh. that, that, that. Yeah. We have it all to the extent that we're trying to modify our label a little bit to I was add those say, things. On you're the gonna side. have to get like a little, like a little side label. Yeah, right? it, it's it, 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 mostly for the newer batches because these are all kind of nano batches compared to like the the black label that that, that we've always had. That's our horse. Like that's uh-huh. been that last year did over forty percent of our company's whole business. Really? Just that skew, and that this year it's even more. Uh-huh. So because you know the one thing with mezcal as a category and and just as something that's happening. Um, they're the, the highest depletion for it always is in, in cocktails. And so, and ours just really lends itself to that. Right. So, um, it, it's been a perfect course for that, 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 that idea. Like here, we were just last night at Bavel, you know, right around the corner and, um, they, they, they ream it. They, they do so much volume for with La Luna and they use it at Bestia like uh, Lupetti's uses it in the frozen cocktail right. um, Barama uh, like so many different pl- around LA's like that's why like Ryan's from Napa but he moved down here I know man yeah, yeah. so Ryan you were just telling me Yo. man like you ran into him you're like hey man I think I know who you are <laughs> we ended up meeting in Michoacan of all places uh-huh. um, I was went down with a there. I went down with a distributor friend uh, who works with South and it was Mexican Independence Day. We went to a concert and hit it off. We're from the same part of California, so uh-huh. were you guys both fit. wearing like Opus One shirts or something? Like, <laughs> <No>. hey, <laughs> hey. I would say Opus One, but I don't know, was, you know, no, 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 else. no. I was running a uh, an agave bar at the time, and yeah. I was carrying one of his skews, and it was just kind of one of those. Th- it's that's what's so funny about Sal's company is the way that everything grows organically, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's. Just a really cool thing to be a part of, but yeah, I'm I'm originally from Napa and came down here to be a part of this and hopefully be a part of the growth. Yeah, you're like homeboy from More that moved to Morelia, right? You're like I'm doing it all. What do you need me to do? Yeah, and yeah, that's, yeah. That's, of the north, that's what makes up this company, and it's, yeah, that's definitely. why it's so fun to be a part of this. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. I uh, see. It's, it's just yeah, it's it's a it's a, it's a ride, together. man. It's a ride. I mean, I hope I hope I hope that we can keep it going forever. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those things that. Um, aspirationally like i i i never want this to stop you know because it's yeah. it's it's fun it's you know and especially now on the mexican side like to do production um to be producing such a beautiful spirit like you'll try these they're substantially different like they're just they're just we, we're doing them with so much care and focus and attention to detail and um and to represent the state like they're just they're, they are that so like it's right. it's like really cool just to expand this way because now even then like w- within our same estates like we have some espadine growing we have blue weber which we use for the tequilana um we have other obviously cuprieta and like for us like for, like other people have told me like hey why don't you because they've seen the espadine like why don't you do 100 percent espadine expression i'm like you know what like as fun as that sounds like i feel like that resembles more oaxaca in a lot of ways like Definitely. that 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 Espadín got planted mm-hmm. from seed from Oaxaca. Yeah. And I'm like, I'd, I will use that, but maybe in a blend, have some fun with it, like an ensamble. Like, I don't want to take away from what we're doing as a state. When, like, when, you, when you taste it, does the terroir make it taste like Oaxaca? Or does it taste I, I, like we, I have not. No one in, in Michoacán that, uh, that I've seen has made on 100% Espadín for me okay. to know the difference yet. Okay. Um, I would go as far as saying that, that the soils... Um, of Michoacan probably match some of the areas of Oaxaca for sure. Just being there, and I didn't go a lot of places, but the few places that I went, like, there's a lot of resemblance. Like, okay. there, as far as agriculture goes, like, there's a lot of resemblance. And so I could see, you know, a lot of things kind of meeting. The one thing that I noticed in Oaxaca that we learned from was just that, the attention. Like, we went to go visit La Locura. Oh yeah, and and yeah, yeah. I mean that place was ridiculous. Really, it was it like the tent. First of all, when I was the tour guide that we had, the guy that was teaching us because Lalo wasn't there, he was out on the fields apparently, like they were getting ready to harvest. Um, I thought he was a mezcalero, like because the way he explained everything, like with so much detail from from the agave to the soils to the to the years it takes and just the differences, like um, a lot of semantic differences, like like there we were just 
we did this lot. Yeah, we went to Gelagetza, uh-huh. and they had uh, their quiche. But their quiche, like typically quiche is um, a Karwinski, mm-hmm. but there it was a uh, Rolacanta. And I remember they were saying that specifically when we were there. They're like, oh, the quiche. And I was like, wait, but that's not a Karwinski. Like, oh, here it's not. Like, and so the differences are always kind of funny because, like, it's all just, like I said, it's all, it's all the common names. And that's what's dominating now. Like, that's the more important thing. Like, for the CRM, they want to respect the common name more than the scientific name. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was just interesting to see those differences. But then, like, then we went into the production side and how they cook, what they do, the the the. the time and the labor that they put into their brands mm-hmm. like i get why it's such an expensive brand right like really? i i walked away just i was blown away I, in a good way and we like i said we learned a lot we learned a lot because of they're so transparent because they told us straight up they're like look we we never close a gate like anyone can come here they can watch what we do they can go home and try to replicate it they could take our people and do it with them but they can never take our history they can never take our origin. They can never take our story and, I'm, and our authenticity. I'm like, that's the truth. Yeah. Dude. Like, that's the truth. Like, that was, yeah. like, one of the boldest statements I'd heard in the industry because, mm-hmm. like, like a lot of people will close their doors. They don't want yeah. you to see the industry secrets or we do it different. We don't want you to tell. They're like, dude, dude go look Try everywhere. To make it. Stay the night. Watch yeah. what we do. Like, yeah. we don't care. You can't replicate it. Definitely. Like, because it, it's our story. And I'm like, damn, like. You know, that's you learn, truth, yeah. Man. And that's, that's what it is. Truth. From from Palenque to Palenque or from Vinata to Vinata in Michoacán. Everyone does have that. Our story is our story. Like, everything that we're talking about now, like, no one can take that away from us. Like, no, man. We, we man, have our own story. Exactly. Right it's there. our land, it's and gonna, we've evolved into a same. story. My parents, my, like, I know my family. And I know that they never, and granted, they haven't seen these all the way, my whole family, but uh-huh. they never in their wildest dreams probably thought that this would happen, like, how we would evolve a Michoacan brand into what it's becoming. So that's, that's, that's rad, you know, like that's, and that was one of our commonalities. Like Ryan has aspirations of, cause he's from San Luis Potosí. He has aspirations of representing that state with some, with, with some, some, some mezcal in the near future. And, and, and you hear a lot about San Luis Potosí. It's beautiful. You know, he showed me pictures. I, I can't believe too. it. Like yeah. it's, it's like, as the place where a lot of good mezcal is coming for from sure. right now. For sure. And then, yeah, a beautiful place to live too. Of right? course. <laughs> yeah. But like that, I think that was one of the, the biggest synergies was like, Ryan called me one day. He's like, Hey, I would like to, to get closer to my roots in, in, in San Luis Potosí. And I was like, that's 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 what it was for me. And that, so I totally get it. And I know that right now we're so focused on what we're doing to grow. But, like, I know that that growth will allow us to then go to San Luis Potosí and have him fulfill his, his vision and dream because, you know, it's it's next. And that state, in a lot of ways, isn't being represented much at all, right? Like, yeah. a part of that 2%, that's a fraction. Oh, like, Michoacán's a, small... a fraction as well. But, like, because if you look at the landscape of, the, of today's back bars of all the – places that have everything like like madre mm-hmm. you only find like three michoacan expressions no yeah. maybe maybe four you find one within alma mezcalera but it's an expression within his whole line uh-huh. you find don mateo as don a mateo. michoacan brand right. you find us you find don guadalupe within the leyenda brand um and oh, then that's right. and then that's he right. also was the one that used to make the derrumbes brand so he kind of was represented in two portfolios but it was still that same guy mm-hmm. so there's not a lot of representation from even michoacan no. as a state who was third in line because i think it was oaxaca guerrero and then us in terms of uh uh certification i think i, I can't guerrero say that actually i know that's guerrero so was definitely two because yeah uh-huh. and, and uh because they have a lot of mezcal for sure guerrero yeah. um well, because I went down there and I was like, I'm tr- I was trying to figure out where like the big distilleries are, and it was kind of hard to find. Where? We're near you... Iguala. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. But it's not like in Guerrero, you're saying? Yeah, in Guerrero. Yeah, that's. But dangerous. like, it's hard to you know versus yeah. like you go to Oaxaca City, it's like blah. Yeah, know? yeah, then, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, yeah, Oaxaca's everywhere, right? Like, and when I went there, like I was just blown away. Like everyone, I forget where we went, but I, I always forget the cities, but. Obviously, we went to Santa Cantarina Minas to visit La Locura, yes. right? Yes. And um, you didn't see a lot there. You saw, uh, we drove by Real Minero, which is his sister. Yeah. And then we went to his place. But we had gone the day before to a place called Tres Mesquites. And I forget what town it was in. But that guy, was it? Mazatlan. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I don't remember at all. But it was, it, I remember that on the way there, you passed Sombra. You passed um, Mal de Amor, which is the Ilegal oh, yeah. uh, Palenque. You passed, um, what's another one that's that's really big? Uh, I've, there was one more, and then you got to this little remote town where I saw this guy, Tres Mesquites. Tres Mesquites guy used to distill for the Cortez brands, like the Holglorio and Nuestra Soledad and all those oh, brands. Um, and it was just, you know, it was just interesting to see how much mezcal is really there. Like, yeah. like yeah, how yeah. much. 
how much distillation is actually going on. And once again, like for us, it was we went specifically. It was me, Adrian, and we went specifically to to talk to the CRM because about like what we were talking about. Okay, all the okay. support, like our. I, I went to thank them first of all because I was like because. They've been very helpful to us in terms of navigating. Right. And Adrian's got a, an incredible amount of charisma, so he's been able to really, over the phone, mm-hmm. like, seal relation, like, like really build relationship with all that that team. So I told him, I said, let's go. We've never been. Let's say thank you and say what's up, and then let's go try some mezcal. Yeah. And so that's what we did. And one of our home, you know, Cammy. You know, so I, so I only know her through like social just, media, in, yeah, Instagram, yes. and I'm like, who's this girl? Cami is a rock star. She's really? a rock. She's a rock star. She's dating um, Elisandro from Tosba. You know the brand Tosba? Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. The brand. yeah, yeah. So oh, okay, I have yeah. seen that on her. Yeah, yeah. Her, so her yeah, she always like, talks about Tosba. And so we were hanging out with Elisandro and Cami, and. The thing is, like, Cammy is funny. Same thing. Like, is, she from here? is she she's from here? She's from Portland. She's from Portland. But I, I forget. She Her story is really unique as well. Um, she uh, won a competition, a cocktail competition, that ended up taking her to Peru. I don't want to make it up, but I think that's what happened. Something like that. So she, yeah, she went to Peru. school, right? Yeah, she, she became a brand owner, of, a Piscologia. brand partner in Piscologia. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at some point, I don't know what, what, what it was, but she landed in Mexico. Um, I think the connection is because the guy who runs, he has two companies. It's called Experience Tequila and uh-huh. Experience Mezcal. Uh-huh. They're both tour companies. Yeah. And that guy's name's Clayton, and he originally was from Portland as well, so maybe that was a connection. Nevertheless, Cammy's fully bilingual. Fully. Really? And she lived in Jalisco for the longest of times. <clears throat> I met her because I was at 1414, and she was doing a tour. Yeah. And we said, what's up? And then at that point, she was telling me about Piscologia, and she was like, hey, um, can you help me in Cali? Like in terms of trying to get into distributor, I said, I'll talk to ours. Mm-hmm. And I did, and they, they declined the opportunity, but we stayed in touch. And then at some point, I forget how it worked out. Yeah, I, was I basically to, I was said, to like, get her, like, you know, in yeah. Ramirez and stuff. I was yeah. like, this is the best one ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I forget what it was, but eventually I think I offered her, I said, what would you do our social media? Oh. And so she started doing all our social media because, like, the one thing I knew about Cami, she knew just, she, kn- she knows distillates, especially agave, like through and through. She's yeah. very knowledgeable. She has made aguardientes in her life, rums. Mm-hmm. She has made pisco. Um, but she lived in the world of agave because she did the tours. And so when I would go with tours and people, I remember one time I was with a group of people and I was at a loss for words because I was having a hard time translating Sergio Cruz when uh-huh. we were at 1414. Uh-huh. And literally Cami just stepped in and she just knocked it out of the park. I was like, I have no business translating or doing this. That's like, you got it. Like, you, because you don't even need Sergio to talk. She knew, because she had been there so much. She, right. All, all, the only difference was that Sergio, when, obviously, if we go, he talks about what we do special. If uh, Siembra goes, he's probably talking about what they do different or special. Right. Um, and at, I don't think they're making tequila anymore, but Cabeza used to be there. And uh-huh. so, they were, you know, he would he would talk about them sp- specifically to what the goal was for their distillate. Yeah. Um, and so, Cami was just great. She was amazing. And so, I just said, would you do it? She said, yeah. And then she just became a part of our team. Uh, she And, and a, great, a huge part because every trip we had done after that, she joined us because she was already in Mexico. And we would pay her to get there and, and all that good stuff. And, but so, she was always so, so helpful. It, just imagine me watching this, you know, as a bystander on, on social media and shit. Yeah. And then I see you in Oaxaca. <laughs> with Kevin. And then, yeah. And then I see her and I'm like, what, what's with going Ola? on? Yeah. What, what's this I know. Because yeah, I saw yeah, you guys always communicate curious. a lot through the, through the yeah, social media. I always know that they did like tequila trips, and I was like, yeah. "Well, if I go down there, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna hit them up." Right? And she's great friends with Salvador from Cascawin. Right. So Chava. I went and I saw freaking what is it? Tats. What is um? What's his name? The uh, the Japanese guy, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that that gentleman, uh, yeah. but yeah, she but she she knows he was them in all. Oaxaca, yeah. and I, was, I was just confused, man. That was a, that was a strange week. All the the top brands up here from like what I would call smaller distilleries, uh-huh. Cami's uh-huh. friends with. Oh, she knows yeah. them all. And awesome. they respect her and love her. And she's got open doors and invitations, not even because of the tour anymore. Yeah. She's just forged those relationships herself because, really? like, she's great friends with Felipe from uh, G4. So, like, if, like, I know that if I called Cam and said, hey, can, can, can we go visit? She'd probably call and be like, hey, we're going up. And they'd probably be like, yeah, let's come up. That's and that's, like, you know, she's got the keys. She's got the keys to, to like, that's, what, that's what's really cool. She's got the keys to Mexican distillation. She yeah. knows everybody. Yeah. Not everybody. I mean, but, yes, a lot of people. Like, we went to La Locura because she knew them. She set that up. Like, we didn't, we, I didn't set up anything. She uh-huh. said, don't worry, I got it. Like, she literally told me. Because I remember Ryan was like, you should go here, you should go there. And she, she said, Sal, I live here. I got it. 
I said, That's great. Hilarious. Yeah, she's like, I got it. I said, cool. Yeah, yeah. And she, she, she had it. You know, she, she definitely, she hooked us up with the, Dude, the, the that's mesquite. That's up. Yeah, Cam, you got Cam, to, Cam. man. That's if you go down there, she, she's, uh, she actually just moved to New York. So you're a little bit out of luck. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Really? She really? just moved. She's going. She's doing her masters in um, so journalism. I think it is. Mm. She's a very talented writer. Because that's one thing I gathered when she would put posts together. I forget how I caught it. I think I asked her about who did Psicologia, or I forgot what it was. And she was like, oh, that's me. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. like, can you do ours? Because she just spoke so, like, so, like, subtly, but uh-huh. at the same time, very, with a lot of detail about production. Like, uh-huh. about, like, and I was just I was so fascinated. I was like, your words are, like, I was like, I always told her, you're a beautiful writer. Like, you have, you, you put great words to pictures. Oh, yeah, definitely. And so, she was like, thank you. And so, then that's why she, she, she came on. And I think she really enjoyed what we were doing like she was like i love the growth i love what you guys are pursuing what you represent and so um it just worked like i mean i don't know like i look at our team today and i'm just blown away i'm like jesus christ it's just oh, crazy it's, like it's i have ryan cool. on board i know cammy you know not full-time with us but like a part of our squad yeah some of our brand ambassadors stuff like that it's crazy like mm-hmm. we we I, I don't know the, the, the depth of everyone's team in this industry, but, like, I think we have a really good one. Like, oh. I, I, I put us up against, you know, relative to size, because clearly we're small. But, like, you know, we're, we got a squad, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I fucking shout you out as yeah. much as I can. <laughs> I know, I know. You know? You, Whenever you I'm, do. Yeah, I know, I appreciate freaking, that. Thank yeah, you. if I'm reaching for a bottle, that's, yeah. that's going to yeah. be it. You want to try some? Yeah, let's give it a shot. Literally. Yeah, literally. Right? I think, I think what we're going to do is, you, you, well, let's just do it out of the vials. You can just smell and sure. sip, because... Sure. Um, Let's see. Let's see what we should do first. That's insane, what do you think we should man. do so, first? So, first? Okay. Okay. Out of the airport, nobody said anything. You no, know, you're just just my, my whole bag these. was full of these. So I was wondering, yeah, because yeah. I brought. I mean, these I brought them. Don't feel it. Oh. So these oh, are rad. Like okay. they don't. Yeah. The, the, I, I started messing with these because you can't. Like I don't have to worry about wrapping them. Or, right. Yeah, I remember. Like you know, he came with a heat gun on the last yeah, exactly, one. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I'm wrapping the shit yeah. out of this thing. No, I got away from all the the fancy stuff. So this is this is a, a 100% Chino Silvestre, and Chino also would be Cuprieta, scientifically. Yeah. Um, it's uh, all wild, so Silvestre, and it's different producer. This is Patricio. We we did this in Inda Parapel, um, and it's just it's. I mean, I'll let you judge it yourself. It's it's pretty cool. A little shaky because I had, you know, yeah. I had a beer event last night, so Did sorry. You? Yeah. Wow, dude. So the nose on it, I thought it was, I thought it was more bright, citrusy. It's got a lot of like pine and different things yeah, going on. It is danky. Yeah. Let me go let's get see. some glasses. Hold on. Well, let's put this on pause for a sec. Okay. All right. So we got some sake cups. Little, little side ones. Okay. Yeah. So now, I mean, this opened up just putting in this glass versus a little thin vial, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I still get, I still get. You get that resiny, that pine. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get full citrus, which is strange because it's a cupreta. And yeah, Patricio, Patricio's style was just so different, and awesome. it was just, it was, it was um, really cool to do with him. It's so unique for the for the for the species of agave that it is. Um, I can't think of another one on the market that. That has these qualities, and it's. I think it speaks to the distillation techniques. But I mean, it was it, well. it was it was it um, was. His process was pretty cool. We cooked a little bit longer. The agave, all being wild, obviously has different different components, right? Like just overall. Um, but what was really curious about his practice compared to what I had seen most people do is he used a lot more bagasso. In, in in the um, in the vat in in the fermentation vat than I had seen most Michoacanos do. Like in 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 I had seen most people do, I don't know, like roughly speaking, fifty percent bagasso, fifty percent water, to the to the, to their tinas, and he did about like I would say closer to eighty. It was really full and then very little water. And then what he ended up doing, it, it was very like when most of, most of the Michoacan that I've seen, they'll usually take a some sort of a wooden not bat, but like a stick, if you will, uh-huh. and they kind of they they kind of force the aerobic stage by like by by really hitting it within like blending, if you will, like just like batiendo. Uh-huh. And Patricio didn't do that. He did very very like wine style. He got in there with no shoes and like just gently patted down the bagasso in the water till like it really made made it in. And 
and just it just seems so much more concentrated because of the amount of bagasso. But it also speaks like I always tell people like, look, at the end of the day, all I know about our current black label and compared to this one specifically is that that one affords us the yield and the opportunity to be cocktail friendly, and this one doesn't. And they're just two different worlds of flavors and profile and everything and they're both fine you know like they're both they're, they're that's a cool thing about mezcal is like you really everyone can have an opinion mm-hmm. but every mezcal has its place right or else they wouldn't be around like you know there's weird shit out there there's weird, you know what i'm saying oh trust me man yeah but there's, there's but and they still sell like i still i'm baffled to think about how many people like i'm not, I'm not knocking on it. i don't like talking bad about anyone how many people like successfully bring up Tequila and rifles, like the glass rifles, <laughs> oh, yeah. and they sell like or you know what I'm saying. Clubs. Yeah, like, I'm saying like, and they sell like yeah. so. It's like, you know, don't tell me that like when people say all oh, that mezcal is bad, and they look at the the landscape of what mezcal is. My whole thing is like it's that's a subjective claim, period, right? Yeah. To you, it's bad, but then to the next person, it might be amazing. But they all have their position, and it all yeah. really just lands here. Exactly. And at the end of the day, some people that I know have so much integrity with this industry are using products that maybe aren't that kosher like they're really? you know, but they just but because i was talking to ryan about this like you so at the end of the day like for example if you're if you're a bar owner mm-hmm. and and you can forego some mm-hmm. some uh profit maybe it might be the right word or margin yeah. then you can do whatever you want you could sell 15 dollars, 16 dollars cocktails maybe not sell a lot of them right mm-hmm. um and use a great product in the well but if you're if you're a buyer for a restaurant at the end of the day you might have all the integrity of the world but you, the owner is going to say, "Hey, dude, like you're not making me money." Yeah. So like, so they have the pressure, and no one can take that away, like, because they got to live too. And we ran across this yesterday. You know, we went to a couple places, and some of them were very agave focused. And one of the buyers was like, "Dude, I'm committed to this brand." It was, it was, it was, as far as mezcal goes, much more, uh, much, much more commercial brand. He's like, because the ownership is like, he goes, "I'm not attached to it, but like, I can't get away from it." Because we were saying, hey, what would it take to use our product? He's like, hey, like, I'm sorry, but, like, I can't because this is why. Like, you look at his back bar, and it wouldn't make sense to you that he uses that product in the well. But then again, like he said, it's not my call. Like, everything else is my call. But this is not because this is the profit center. Yeah. And and I get it. Like, I'm like, no knock on you. You got to live. Like, wh- what happens if you do make the change? And they start losing money, and the doors close. Then everyone's out of a job, and these guys out of a business. So, like, I get it. Like, the economics just make like it just happens that way, right? Like in Mexico, it's the same thing. Some people are willing to sell for a hundred pesos a liter. Some people for three hundred, and it's up to them. You know, some, unfortunately, some people get taken advantage of, but that's just out of ignorance, right? That happens. But like most people, if you make a conscious choice and you know better to sell it for cheap, then that's your call. Like you, you make it's a you know it's your prerogative. It's your product. So it just it all kind of. Like, from that perspective, I, that's why I don't judge. I'm like, I don't know the depth of what happens there. You right. Know, you don't know. Well, you're there just representing your brand. But yeah. You, okay. What was, what was like, the ABV on this one? That's uh, a, a little north of 50. Yeah, that's... that's a little that's north. That's where it feels like it's super smooth, though. It's, yeah. it's nice and... Um, Nice and bounced, though, yeah. still. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a fun one, man. It's a fun one. Is it? Here goes next. You want a little bit, There yeah. you go. I'm just... So th- this one's going to be um, a Bruto or uh, Inakidens. This sure is going to be... I'm sure you guys have a lot of tastings today, too. So I was like, oh. <laughs> no, we, we go all day, man. <laughs> Just like me, Trocan. Yeah, maybe, maybe I got to prepare for the next Yeah, man. I, yeah. October. October? Okay. End of September, early October. Literally, it's uh, September 30th. Okay. And it's always it's going to be some people from here in L.A., some people from Chicago, some people awesome. from Denver. Um, it'll be fun. I mean, those trips are always, I, it's always funny to, you come in as strangers and then everyone walks oh, away as like dude. friends. Yeah. Definitely. It's just, yeah, it's really cool. Definitely. Really cool. So what's in this? Is, so this is a Bruto. This would be what we probably would produce a lot of in Cotija because Bruto is very, very, um, available there. And by available, I mean, it's around because this is com- completely wild. This is Silvestre. I don't, I don't know. If, I know that there are some people, but like, there's not a lot of people cultivating this, this, this type of agave. Uh-huh. Um, so it's all wild. It's huge. It's a the big, massive. I don't know if you ever saw the picture I posted with the manguey right next to me. It's yeah, like hella big. Yeah. That's this. Really? This is yeah. It's huge. So this was like a huge weight on each piña. Very low yield. Like I forgot how much we. So so when you get those giant ones, you know the big tobalas, the big the big giant piñas. Not a lot of yield. Not a lot of juice in there. Well, I would say the tobalas are the babies. I think you're thinking about um Maybe, uh, um what, what's a big one like what, like pulqueros and different ones that are really big. Salmiana, yeah, like they're 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 big, and typically that's why the challenge lies because like 
if you're using um, a bestia or a burro or something to take them out of the areas, yeah. you literally have to quarter them and cut them there because they're that's impossible insane. to carry whole. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing about, you know, when you go into the hills for wild agave, you never know how hard it's going to be. Like, you know, you can't calculate the weight and size from the ground. Like, when you're here looking at it up there, you're like, oh. And you get up there, you're like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. That, that hill <laughs> yeah, feels yeah. really steep, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's, 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 it's a challenge. And, th- and this was, you know, all wild. This is from, this one actually, all, all this bruto was from the area, the area of Ucasiro, which is like a little bit past Etucuero. But, um, you know, it's the same practices, very low yield. I think we, we, we put in about four tons, if I'm not mistaken. About four tons, which typically would get us roughly 400 liters okay. um, of, like, a cuprieta, maybe a little bit more. And this was, like, 200. So we got, like, half the amount. And this was huge. Like I said, it's massive weight in terms of, like, each piña. But the sugar is very low. Mm. Very low. Okay. So, you, but, but still, salud. They're very flavorful. Sorry, there you go. I love the nose on this one, man. Wow. A little bit. This got a good amount of, like, cotija funk, in my opinion. Like, a little bit. Kind of like cheesy qualities, cheesy qualities to it. It's kind of fun. Oh, that's so good, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that funk, you know, that's what I was chasing with the ensemble. You know, yeah, like, dude. I, yeah. I, and I and I listened to that podcast again because when I tried it, I, w- I didn't even know what to say. I was yeah, like, yeah. This, yeah. Is the, this is the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's so funky. It's so cheesy. But now it kind of tastes like uh, it, w- when it comes to beer, it'd be like a like a saison. Um, it's got kind of like a creamy, yeah, creamery type of uh, type of feel to to it man that funk what uh what um what led you to focusing on spirits being such a beer guy because i drink so much beer so you just kind of like gravitated towards it yeah i drink beer all day i mean i don't drink beer all day that's yeah, yeah not, but that's, that's not your, all that's i do the, but yeah i mean yeah. beer it's kind of like oh i, I kind of know beer yeah 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 you know so it's and plus my whole fam- like my family works for Cascaween. I remember, yeah. I yeah, remember yeah. the tie so was there. Yeah. yeah. So like that last time David Sudo was out there in the fields and stuff like that. And I was yeah. like, Oh, hey, they're my uncles, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they're in the group pick, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So uh, you know, my grandpa worked there, my yeah. dad worked there, that kind of a deal. So uh Yeah, you got that guy in your heart too, because it's always, yeah, 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 it was always around, but it's always one of those things you never notice until you start looking back, you're like, Oh, this is kind of important, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and for you sure. just kinda of took for granted. Yeah. 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 But um yeah, lately it's just been kind of falling into place. You know, I talked to Elise Storentera. I know you how was that podcast? It was Probably cool, man. Fun, it was, right? it was uh, we we had good conversation before and after it. Yeah. You know, it was hard to find a spot that we're doing some remodeling like in front of Madre and stuff, so it was like, ah shit. Uh, you could hear some hammers. So it was all in Spanish. It was all in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. I had just met him when I went to Oaxaca in situ. Yeah. He was there that day, and I oh, met yeah. him, and, and he was familiar with what we were doing, but not completely. And I was very familiar with Favorito in terms of what yeah. it being the next thing coming up. Mm-hmm. I could just tell the excitement of, of like, you know, there's one group in, on Facebook called Smoked Agave, and you, you see, like, it's always the same repetitive conversations around the same brands. Right. But then Favorito kind of sparked a new one. I felt like it kind of like really? got people excited. Yeah, just because it was just, you know... He obviously is is considered a very uh, important person in the game of uh, mezcal and agave distillates. The way they represent him at in situ is a the right way and b you know not kind of unique. You know, I, I think it's interesting when you go even in Oaxaca and Michoacan when you go into places and you talk about mezcal, people are just so oblivious. They don't know. Really? They, yeah, they don't. They, I mean, I, I I've been to places where if you ask him for you know like say oh can I get la luna. Now I'll say like the the bruto, and they'll be like, "Oh, do you want that uh, the reposado or añejo?" I'm like, "We don't do yeah. reposado or añejo. We don't yeah, do that." Yeah, yeah. You know, like, what are you talking about? Because well, it's like it's like they treat it mentally like tequila, and the, the amount of knowledge at the common level, uh, it's not there yet, yeah, at all. You know, mezcal is still new. As as funny as it sounds, it's still really new to the republic, like to the yeah. the the, nor, the the lay the lay person, right? Mm-hmm. They, there's not it's not there yet. D- definitely, the boom is going on up here, sure. right? Absolutely, that, that's where it's going down. Absolutely, and then down there, yeah. it's going to take a while for people to understand it. Mm-hmm. Raicia, I don't think my whole family's ever heard of Raicia, man. The, and you guys are from Jalisco, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's crazy, there. yeah, because people, yeah. what's what the Raicia? I'm like, oh, well, it's just a, uh, yeah. it's it's a, a different region, mezcal, right? Uh-huh. Just, and again, that's why you end up. That's why you end up getting so many. Um, I'm gonna clean it out with this. Dude, real quick. That's what I was gonna do, but I didn't yeah. even know if that was a blast for me. No, I'm just yeah, gonna clean okay. it out. No, no, that's fine. I was gonna do that. I kind of stopped. I was like, man, I don't know if I should. <laughs> you should. <laughs> you should. Yeah, because yeah, now yeah. it'll at least neutralize neutralize the glass a little yeah, bit. Definitely. All right, here you go. Okay. Where so this is this? gonna be the Manso Saguayo. 
This is one that, that like, I know for, like, for us, I tried it, and then at first I was like, eh, but it was so fresh, we had just distilled it, and I was like, and then, like, two weeks later, we opened, I was like, whoa, this opened up, it was really, and, and, and it also kind of brings light to the importance of resting, Mescal, once you distill it, just kind of, like, really come into its own. Yeah, for the longest time, right? Herradura was the only one that was kind of resting there for like a month or something. Was that real? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what, what were they resting in? It just in, in barrels, I think. Oh, yeah. oh think like just, a hoven. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Got you, got you, got you. Yeah, the tequila categories are different because in the mezcal world, hoven means blanco. Mm-hmm. And in the tequila world, hoven means like flash, flash rested almost. Oh, you call shit. Hell yeah. yeah, dude. Big sweetness, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is a juice. It's a little bit minty. A little bit minty. Yeah, what is that one at? What is that one? That at? one is like forty nine point. Everything here is like forty nine to like fifty one. Okay. Everything that that we're, the next one's gonna be forty nine point something for sure. Cause in the last one. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, that's that that one's good, man. That, that's a big. This was Brian's favorite, at Madre. Really? Mm-hmm. He was like, dude, that's my that's my jam. Yeah, he liked Brian. That. I, I left him samples. He hasn't tried the one you're gonna try next, but uh, he I'm gonna we're going there today. Okay. Um, but uh, this was his favorite. Uh, Dude, he's cruising, like, for a, for cruising for a cruising for a boozing. That yeah, guy's Brian, awesome. Man, he yeah. is, he's very cool. His face was the one that told me that the earthquake was happening. Oh, really? Yeah, we're we're there. We're chilling at the bar. He brought down a bunch of stuff. Where it, we had it in front of us, you know, as they always do. Yeah, just perfect. If you want to post those pictures on Instagram. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you see his face just look up at the bottles, you know, and you start seeing him sway. It was it was eerie, dude. And then my girl was the first one to almost start running out of the fucking place. She didn't. She didn't wait for any. Everybody was like starting to take video, and she's like, oh, "I'm out. She's gone. That's gone. funny. Yeah, the video out of her seat. The video hilarious. plague, man. Everyone gets yeah. the camera out first. That's yeah, hilarious. yeah. It's like, oh, if stuff starts <clears throat> falling. Yeah, you know, then I'll run. That yeah. was my attitude. I was excited. I was like, hey, check it out. There's an earthquake going on. Yeah, that's funny. Cause yeah, that was, that was cool. the one that hit Vegas a little bit, right? Yeah, that was the one. That yeah. was the one. That was crazy. Yeah, that's pretty big. It was crazy. Yeah, but yeah you yeah. could see freaking Brian's face going like, uh, you yeah. know, am I going to have to start running or am I going to have to save the most, you know, the ones that I like? Yeah, he's going to catch him yeah, off coming off the shelf. That's a big head. investment up there, man. It is a lot of money. That is ridiculous. Yeah. What, they've, what they've done there is special. It really is, man. Yeah. It really is. And it's so close to home and stuff like that. And oh, yeah, you're closer yeah. to over there. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, But I hang out here most of the time, which is yeah. crazy. I mean, I grew up here, so it's like. Yeah. Where yeah. did you live growing up? Maybe two miles that way. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So yeah. it's, um, you know, Boyle Heights-y, yeah, that yeah. kind of area. It, this has changed a lot. It's It's been moving, man. Yeah. It's been moving. It's been changing. But, yeah. you know, a lot of the times, too, it's also the younger kids doing stuff that For the older sure. generation doesn't understand either. Yeah, always, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they built a record yeah. store, you know, owned by young kids. You know, it's old records, and you, you just see, like, older people looking in going, like, what are They're they selling? They're confused. They're selling <laughs> records? You know, like, those aren't worth anything. The nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, That's definitely. Funny. Oh, man, this is amazing, for sure. Here comes the last one. Mm. Where the fuck is it? Oh, there it is. Clean. Okay. All right. There you Very go. Very cool. All right. So this is this is gonna be something close to you, I would say, because yes. this, so is, this is this is this is a hundred percent tequilana, so Blue Weber. No and the reason I would say, because you're familiar with probably what Cascawi does with Ancestral with the siembra, yeah, right. right? So this would yeah, be the in, in a similar nod, right? Because they're cooked in the ground, wood fermentation, and then distilled in the in the wooden Tarascan or Filipino influence still, right? So yeah. this is. Our, our take on it. It's a, it's a fun one. Oh, we, what we did, salud. What we did was really curious. We we did four tons of regular Blue Weber and then four tons of Criollo Blue Weber. Hmm. By Criollo, is like the small little, they fit in my freaking hand. They're, really? Yeah, and they were just, they were fully mature. The Quixote was out and they just happened to be there. What ended up happening is Tequileros went there to go buy some Blue Weber and they looked at those and they rejected them because they were too small. And mm-hmm. I, t- I saw them in the picture. I was like, hey, what are those? And they're like, oh, that's these rejected pygmies, right? And I'm uh-huh. like, I want them. 
those are criollos. I want them. Like they were materials. Yeah, they had the quiote yeah. and everything. He's so, like, yeah. I was like, I want them. How how, how are they so small? That's uh, just how. They that's were, just how. Yeah, like the whole. Is it like genetically modified yeah. food? Like corn used to be skinnier. It used to look like wheat, kind of a deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then nowadays you got the big big piñas. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just these are like uh, what would you call them? Um, mm. Criollo being kind of like uh, almost in in a lot of ways ancestral, and you know yeah. they're they're just. They're an old strain or a different strain, I guess you could say, um, but they're Blue Weber. Really? And yeah, they're and and, and what's funny because I was telling you about all the details of going into the matches. Right. These had more sugar than the bigger ones, no like in way. terms of bricks. Yeah. What? And much more flavor too. Uh huh. Let me see if I can find the picture. Yeah, because that's always been the um, you know, kind of the question: what, what would you do with Blue Weber? You know, but if you cooked it in with mezcal methods, you know, on yeah, brown and, and this is like what that. it is, and this is this is really what it tastes like. And oh yeah. It's really nice, man. Yeah, it's got a lot of character. Yeah. This is look how small it is. It's in my hand there. Get out of here. The one on the on the ground's the regular one. And then that's the that's the that's criollo. Damn, to try to explain it to people that are listening to this, it's kinda it just kinda looks like um I mean It's like a big a, grapefruit almost. Yeah, it's, like yeah. a big grapefruit, yeah. A it, small a small melon. Yeah, a small know? melon. And it's and it and then the other one obviously is like Little. two watermelons or it's huge, Definitely. right? And so no, that's a, in that's comparison. So right. yeah, it's crazy. But that little one, we like in this stage it was already cooked. Uh-huh. I you know you tried like cooked agave and Definitely. it just had so much flavor, so much aroma. It was crazy. And we let this one rest a while. Like after we cooked it, it something we like I, I noticed that in with la locura mm-hmm. they use, they have so much patience. After they cook, they don't go straight into fermentation. They would they would cook and kind of let that rest. Yeah. And while it's resting, it's already starting to pick up some of the bacteria or for, for, like fermentation, if you will, and you could see it developing. And then they go into fermentation. So, like, it, it's a slower process. And so we did that with this. And so I think that's why we were able to pick up so much terroir, aroma, uh, like, just a lot of yeah. good flavors here. A lot of good flavors. Yeah, this really tastes like just, like, your bite into that cooked piña, you know? Like, mm-hmm. when it's when it's really cooked and... Wow, man. So this was a collaborative. Sometimes. And Sergio Cruz, who does the... On the way, came over to Michoacán. Oh, no way. Yeah, to, to be a part of the, His name will be on the label. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah it's a collaborative with, with Higi and him. And Patricia was involved as well, so... Oh, dude. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, it's, it's different for sure. And then what is that hovering that, at? We this is like 49 40, and a half. Like 49 40, and yeah, a half. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right under 50. And this is, the, that's, this is the one that he went to go pick up in Tijuana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, man. <laughs> so he's got a nice little travel. When it comes to price point, I know yeah. these are, these are going to be the new expressions yeah. that are coming out and stuff like that. What, what are we looking at? We're looking at like, um, no, like mid 80s to, to no higher way. 80s. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Yeah. We're, we're, that's the goal. That's the yeah. goal. Like, we're, we're, honestly, which we're doing this in a very premature fashion because, like, we've gone out to shop these. And we really can't speak to price, but it's almost like we're just more excited about what it what it means to have them. Yeah. And then we'll get to the price later because, like, you know, we're not in a hurry to sell them per se. But, like, definitely. once they get up here, there's definitely been a lot of people interested and happy to see these come out. Oh, like, sure. everyone that's tried them that we've tried that are agave accounts, they're like, yeah, that's just rad. Yeah. Oh, dude. So it's, it's cool. It's awesome. Yeah. And, it, you know, it really just kind of transitions our company a little bit like you know into something that we've aspired to be but it's taking us a little bit of time but like this is like perfect timing right now yeah i mean not not to describe it like because because the bottles of la luna right now are not crazy expensive i mean you could you know no it's like 40 60 and then now these will jump up in the 80s in the 80s for for what you're getting and stuff like that yeah they won't i mean it's yeah it's uh we we were pleasantly surprised to get that feedback because honestly like you know i'm i'm always a victim to to our current practice and by that i mean mentally for me it's hard to say oh we're gonna sell this for it that one's like oh it's expensive because i'm not used to it Mm -hmm. but like then you go into look in the market and you're like oh my god yeah exactly i'm like oh this is yeah Yeah. Yeah. and then you try yeah quality wise like these are you know they're 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 there they're really good they're Uh representing a completely different state Right. Um, and so from and the and the tequilana, I think, just really will have a, a unique placement because, like, I think it's a first take. Not the first one; we're not the first people to do it, but like a first take for like a lot of tequila geeks. Who, who else is doing it? I know that Vida had one. I just found this out. Vida, Vida, Vida oh, not Vida. Delmage, Delmage oh, had one. Okay, uh, but it's eh, all but it's yeah from down there, right? It's all from Oaxaca, and then I know that Zacatecas just naturally, that's all they do, is like they typically just, no, that's not all they do, I lie, because they have other expressions, but dom, dominant agave from Zacatecas is tequilana, so. Really? But that's out of 
Yeah, it's autoclave. Oh, see, they cook, that, yeah, that's it's the a, above ground that's cooking. It tastes more like a tequila. Yeah. And this, you know, just is more robust and it's got more flavors. And um, this would probably be a lot more like, um, I don't know who, I, I can't even tell another te- tequila that's kind of like this. What would you say? No. No. Yeah. Sans alone. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, so. It's fun. I mean, I don't know. It I'm is ex- fun. It's a good transition, yeah, too, for a lot of people, you know, yeah, going it's, it's from nice. tequila to mezcal. I'm, I'm proud that we did it. and I'm, I, well, All of them. All of yeah. them, because we got it done. And that's like, Adrian, I call, every time I, like, I get good feedback, I call Adrian because he gets just pumped. He's like, oh, my God, really? you know how happy you make me when you tell me this stuff. Because awesome. he's just, like, proud. Like, the, the, the amount of work and stress that I, I probably pass on to that guy is a lot. And he's always like, it's all worth it when, when you know, we get these kind of, this kind of feedback. Because it's tough, man. Like, we've been trying to navigate... Like, we had even, to an extent, one of these expressions, the agave itself, it's kind of uh, exclusive, you could say. Uh-huh. Like, oh, there's very little families that actually grow it and have it. And they were literally told by some of the Michoacan mezcaleros, don't sell to them. Really? Yeah, like, you know, like, we, and I'm not saying it, I, I, it's, I don't think it comes from a bad place in their heart, but they're kind of hating, you know? They're kind of yeah. like, like, don't, don't they, don't, they don't need it. Don't sell it to them. You know, mm. like, keep it for us or whatever. And then this guy met Adrian. And I told Adrian, dude, go with cash in your hands. Like, have it in your hands. And, and he went to the dude, and he's like, look, man, this is who we are. This is what we're about. Blah, blah, blah. And here's, here's the dough. And the guy was like, yeah, no one does business like you guys here. Like, we're doing it. Oh, yeah. And then it changed the land. The guy's like, dude, yeah, anything you guys need, let me know. And so we've been able to plant that I got by ourselves. Like, I've, I've planted myself on a personal level a lot of hectares now of, of maguey because I just from, like, from, for the future. From, from the last time, yeah. From yeah. the last time that you were here, you were talking about growing it, like, what is it, 5 to 1 or 15 to yeah, 1? Yeah, no, back, yeah, back then it was like 20. Like, yeah. it, oh, no, at that point it was like 10 to 1, but like to now one. we're just over 20. And that was really? mostly just cuprieta because, yeah. like, that's the one that, like, we use so much of. Uh-huh. But, like, now we're working on little nurseries for all of these Michoacan expressions awesome. uh, or maguey just to have the species around our vinatas as well as for the future like we want to you know and so but the thing is like the first step was having people because uh out of these uh two of them are planted from hijuelo um or they give it like you could obviously plant from seed but you know the you they they, you they have hijuelo or offshoots and the other two are all from seed Mm -hmm. so you know we we've taken some seed and and planted and then plant out and then we take some hijuelo and we we plant accordingly you know yeah so it's fun well, dude, we already got to an hour. That was quick. No, really? Really, really. That, that was, was an hour. It was me. a little hour yeah. and change and stuff. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, I could talk to you all day, <laughs> definitely. You know, the way that this goes. I got yeah. more beer or whatever for yeah. you guys. But um, yeah. where can people catch La Luna Mezcal outside of Las Perlas, where I, where I got it? You know, you could definitely yeah. go there. Yeah. Go to Madrid and Torrance. Mm-hmm. They have it. Um, obviously, Bavel kills it with the cocktail with it and they have it um funny enough they made uh the guy the the, the friend there that that's a bar manager uh beverage director mm-hmm. he made a, an amaro with la luna as a base spirit it's called bavaro if you go there you order bavaro it's so good it's fig based right fig fig leaf it's really good i suggest you go that's try it one. um and uh so there everywhere in the art district i feel like has it yeah. everywhere here has it like uh Lupetti in cheap clothing, um, uh, yeah, oh, seventy-one above, and wow. then broken Spanish, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, what else one. we do? I know that um, whether they have it, they're gonna get it. But I know that um, Madre, uh, Gracias Madre, will have it soon. It sounds like, hopefully, mm-hmm. um, and then and if they um, don't, they should. And if they don't, they should. Uh, yeah, yeah, Madre and Torrance, of course. Uh, both of them, and then, um, man, beautiful. And then you got Ramirez out here that Ramirez liquor, they yeah, kill they it. Grab yeah, it Barkeeper go. has it on the shelves. Oh, Barkeeper, uh, Silver Lake wine will have Silver it. Silver Lake wine, yeah. And you know they're a small selection. Both of those uh, are small. Se- yeah, they yeah. got. Yeah, what about a uh, Silver Lake uh, downtown LA right here on. Uh, I don't know about Eighth that Street. one. Yeah. We got work to do, but that's, I'm you know. I'm going to give you some context. Yeah, this is for done. sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, we have a lot of ground cover. LA's massive. Definitely. It's, Definitely. it's a little overwhelming in a lot of ways. So we're trying to concentrate. We already do well here relative to who we are. Right. So the, the whole theme would be let's concentrate more and more here. So Ryan being out here, like, I've already been down here more in, like, two months than I had been previous to him moving down here. Um, so the whole idea is just going to be like really concentrated. Like this market kills it, and uh, there's so much market here, um, and people just start understanding it. And like this stuff's cool because 
now it just gives us a whole different reason to have the conversation, not just like, hey, we have this skew. Because even the the first ensemble we had, like we don't, we never did a lot of it. Hmm. So like now we'll do more ensembles and stuff like that, and we'll always have like the driving force behind our revenue, which is the black label Copieta. Yeah. And then all these guys are really just like the backbone of what the state is. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, dude, I love what you guys are doing. Thank I'm, you. I'm happy to have you yeah. here on again. Yeah. Whenever you guys come down, we'll hang out. We'll do it again for hopefully sure. Hopefully, I'll catch you somewhere in Mexico. And yeah, shit. We, yeah, like I said, wild. end of September, I'll be there with October. An Opus one shirt. Yeah. Uh, we. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Napa? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that'd be yeah. fun. Yeah, I mean, usually they're all, like all industry people, um, and it's fun as hell. You know, we do the thing about our place. Our our tour is we get to go to fourteen fourteen. Right. Then we get to check out La Luna uh, distillation and pra- practices, and then also Gustoso, so the rum. Yeah, Can't beat all that. of it. Yeah, last time we were there, we crushed some fresh cane and then used that juice to make uh, some daiquiris. It was bomb, dude. Ew. It was so good. Damn. It was so good. Okay. Yeah. So. I'm hanging out with the wrong people, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My buddies just want to go to AMC and yeah. watch some movies, you know? Lion yeah, King, no, get out of here, man. Go, go <laughs> to, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, yeah definitely. It'll be fun. Maybe well, that's great, dude. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Brian, thank you, thank you for jumping on. Uh, we'll, we'll drop all the information on here for you guys, for okay. everybody to follow you guys and get to know. Okay. Awesome. Appreciate it, man. Thank you yeah, very much. Oh, man. Thank all you. Right. Peace. Peace.